You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe. And 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe. And worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. All right, welcome to Dick and Skippy in the Morning. It's 9.02 here on Lone Star Community Radio, IRLoneStar.com, broadcasting live on our Facebook page on Dick and Skippy in the Mornings. It is the 8th of July, so welcome to Dick and Skippy in the Morning. Skippy. Morning, Dick. Morning. I'm so sorry that I missed you on Friday. Yeah. We we both had things happen. Yeah, and but the- we're making up for it because yeah. we're going to have the Connor Art League in today. Talking about their upcoming events this uh, month and also other things. I think they have a bunch of awards. And, so we're going to have a full house. So it's going to be kind of exciting to have them in the studio. That's going to be at 10 o'clock. Very nice. So, uh, yeah, and then it's just us. Actually, in fact, I think it's just us all week, isn't it? We'll have to have a look, but the week Besides is young. Today, yeah. The week is young. But, uh, but, yeah, welcome. You doing all right? Did you uh, have a good 4th of July weekend? Weekend? I then... did. I did. I uh, was able to shoot some video for a political ad uh, pretty much all day Saturday. I was at the... How many lies did you put into it? Oh, none. This is one of those getting to know you, you candidates. I always feel that whoever did the uh, Jim Adler ads mm-hmm. needs to do political ads. Oh, I'm sure they do. You know? Because yeah. I could see the tone being very... This, like, very I'm a similar. tough, smart attorney. I'm the like, tough, smart politician. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm sure that the whatever the agency they use does political ads. I've, yeah. I've, I've done, you know, I've done TV commercials that are, you know, for PBS that are very, very, you know, laid back and stuff. And then I've got the in-your-face political commercials, too. It's uh, basically whoever's check clears, congratulations, you've hired me. There you go. <laughs> you well, got yourself you know, an ad, we, my we friend. Know you're a working man. I'm a, I know you're I'm a, a frequent flyer on Epstein's plane. <laughs> I know yeah. you're a working man. I may have to go. I may have to go into hiding for a little bit, Dick. So, uh, yeah, Jeffrey Epstein. I guess that's the big, that's the biggest news this week, besides all the women winning the World Cup. Well, there's in the Gold Cup. Yeah, there's World Cup. There's Epstein. I think they just unsealed two indictments on him this morning. Uh, this could have some far-reaching effects now jeffrey epstein this isn't like kevin spacey or bill cosby where well for a long time we suspected you know there's plausible deniability across the board this is a guy was already arrested for pedophilia um pretty much got a slap on the wrist and this has been a month-long investigation with search warrants filed uh this could take down some people and remember in the past i've said that you know when the first stirrings of me too were happening and i said you know, it was a bummer that it was Kevin Spacey because people liked him, but for the most part, you know, you want a Harvey Weinstein to go down because he's a jackass. But if it were Tom Hanks, that's that's what would affect people. That's where the change might happen because you realize it's it's it could be anyone. This could actually fall into that. Now, of course, the battle lines are being drawn. And it's funny because a lot of people have like the either or aspect, you, you know, it's there's a quote going about like 15 years ago where Trump said, oh, he's a great guy. I know him well and this and that. He likes, he wants me to fly on his plane, but I won't do it. You know, that kind of stuff. So people are like, yeah, that's proof positive that Trump is a pedophile or whatever. But Bill Clinton, 
before, during, well, and after well, his. You can't do like. If, if well, that's what I'm saying. It's Clinton literally took dozens of rides on this guy's airplane, but so battle lines are being drawn. So people, it's across the board. To fly on his plane doesn't make you a bad person. To to say nice things about someone that later on you find out they're a poopy head doesn't make you a bad person. But if you get down and dirty with this person, you're a bad person. So we need to find out what it is before we start throwing dirt on both sides. I don't think it looks too good on Bill Clinton right now just because of his own history and the sheer number of times he was on the airplane, but it could have been puddle jumping. This is what a whole criminal investigation is for, and it's going to be far-reaching. And I hate to see – well, no, I don't hate to see. I'm anticipating to see who was in on this, if anyone. So we will we will determine. Yeah, it's a pretty wild story, and and I think we were we were talking off the air about you know the Me Too movement and the ideas of really catching these people and, and taking them to justice. So this is going to be a good dose of a good story when it comes to the outcome. Hopefully, with that, because there's been a lot of other stories that now it's taken what two years. Like the Kevin Spacey stories are now either being dismissed or... Well, yeah, and, like, just uh, recently he was quizzed by cops over six more assault claims, and so he's fighting each one. Yeah. So this is, you know, it's well, not meant, an yeah, open and shut. I meant more of, like, hopefully this story, this is actually a, a, a real deal. Because, like, the Harvey Weinstein story, to me, is you don't really know... There's there's no... There doesn't seem to be an investigation of the truth. It means more of, like, hey, I, I came out, I sit in the headline, and then us, as the people are like, well, is he going to get in trouble? Well, I mean, clearly, financially, he's in trouble because he can get sued. He's going to, mm-hmm. you know, but is he actually going to have any jail time or anything like that? Unless he, because he's never going to admit it. I mean. Well, that's why you you go through the judicial process. And, and if you're found guilty beyond a reasonable doubt or in a civil case, if there's a preponderance of the evidence, then then you pay the penalty. It just cracked me up that a week or two ago, Helen Mirren, name Helen Mirren, said pretty much she was asked if she was going to boycott Weinstein movies like, no, just because he's a you know molester doesn't make him a bad producer, and it sounds wrong, but I mean it's kind of true. But it's funny because there's all this outrage from the same people that gave Roman Polanski a standing yeah. ovation. I think people will figure it out. Whatever works in their favor. Exactly. I, I, I think the Helen Mirren's kind of past that point in her career where she doesn't really. She didn't have she's to care. never cared. <laughs> she's, I mean, yeah. She, That's why she's one of my freebies. I, so, I get to run away with Dame Helen Mirren if so she asks me to. That and then uh. Hey, so did you hear about this news colony here? In, yes, in I did, out in Porter. So tell me, you know more about that. So what's going on? Well, first, Is my it friend, like two people? First, my friend, happening National Nude Appreciation Week. We started, That's not real. It is. It started yesterday, July 7th through the 14th. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, hold on. Real. The name of this place is called uh, Emerald Lake. Uh and sorry, National Nude Recreation Week, not not Appreciation Week. That was my bad. It's a nudist resort in Porter. Their their uh, membership is growing. <laughs> that that uh, that can be dirty or clean, depending yeah. on. Yeah. I wonder where they put the wall. I'm a growing member yeah. here, uh, but I get you at at the end of uh, the the week here of National Nude Recreation Week. They're going to attempt the world skinny dipping record on Saturday. Oh, okay. This Saturday, they're going to attempt the world. I guess it's the largest number of people skinny dipping at any one time. You think that's what the world record means for largest skinny dipping? Well, what would it mean? Like the chunkiest person? I don't know. 
I don't so know. So you're gone. I'm going to go find out. I'm going to sign up for this stuff. Because here's the thing. See, we're in Texas. Usually it's like the polar bear club where you jump into cold water. And as a man, I don't want to jump into cold water. Yeah. There's judgment. You, walk, you want to I want, I want jump heat. in nasty lake water. I want heat and humidity. That's no, right. That's where things grow. Yeah. No, unfortunately, unfortunately, um, I'm not a nature boy in any way, shape, or form. And so which means to be in a nudist colony, I would presume I could not wear shoes in a forest where there are snakes, and I don't want to be going commando where critters can bite me. So I don't think I'll be going to Emerald Lake. Sorry, guys. But if you want more Yeah, sorry, ladies. <laughs> You'll have to find it elsewhere. I mean, so that that's why they're in the news is because they're doing this world record. Well, it's also news. It's we have you wouldn't think it, you know people say hey you know uh, California's got a, a nudist colony oh damn California you know but just to say we have one here in Montgomery County in Porter can you imagine having that plaque in your house and someone comes over and it's like oh look at your accomplishments and it says you read the five print and it's like new like largest skinny dipping I have known nudists nudists are friends of mine and you sir are no nudist but I have no nudists and. I, Kind of the whole point behind it, and, and I track with this. They're not ashamed of it. That's that's the whole point of being a nudist or a naturalist. It's not like I'm going to hide my plaque for this competition, you know, log rolling. I'm not saying they're going to hide it. I'm just saying we read the fine print. You look at the guy, and you're like, oh, okay. And he or she would gladly tell you all, all about it. And just it's it's. Uh, I don't even want to say it's a like, lifestyle. I feel choice. like there's a world you're not telling me you lived at one point because we know you have many lives. Off the air. Off the air. <laughs> Off the air. Okay. Well, uh, cool. Well, I'm glad that that's happening here in Montgomery County. Let's talk about weather for a second here. It's uh, 83 degrees outside right now in Conroe, and this week we don't expect rain till around Thursday. So just give everyone a heads up right there. And the high average is going to be 97, and the average low is going to be 75 because it's going to be a hot couple days. Well, the projected rain is because of the disturbance that's forming in the Gulf, where now they say it's a 70% chance of forming and heading our way. It's just the models are too early to determine how big it's going to go, if it goes. So, so, so you're, you're saying ever since Harvey, you have this like... Oh, I've got the Channel 11 KHOU hurricane tracking line, map. You have the red line in your house. starts blinking if there's just like a 1% chance of the disturbance building in the Gulf. Yes, I do. And you're like, oh, great. Yes, I is. Uh, flooding PTSD is real, my friend. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of past it because it's rained enough times and I haven't flooded to where I don't automatically assume I'm going to flood. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always uh, uh, aware I do know that my flood insurance is paid up through August, so I'm I'm covered on that. That's most nice. of most of the uh, stuff I don't want to lose is in plastic bins and not at floor level. So we're ready to go. But Fair yeah, enough. do keep an eye out on the Gulf. Something could okay. go down. Oh, cool. So did you watch the women's final against the Netherlands? I did, I did at not. 10 I watched uh, a bit of it. I was uh, spending a lot of time with my mom this weekend, and and, and yeah. the TV was on. It was either on the uh, Investigates Discovery Channel or or the soccer, so I caught enough. But I, <laughs> excuse me, but I, I uh, kept up with the scoring, and congratulations to yeah. the ladies back to back World Cup. Yeah, two in a row, four total. So, no, did you know that since the Women's World Cup has started, United States has won half of them. Good on the well. Same thing happened. With the uh, Comets, right, in the women's uh, WNBA, I think the Houston Comets, the, the female yeah. basketball team, won a, a good That's percentage. That's because they had Cheryl Swoops. They did indeed. 
Rosie, who's the other one that was really good? I can't remember. Uh, Swoops, I remember for sure. And I'm ashamed of me because I actually uh, enjoyed them. And, of course, now, you know, we're discussing uh, wage disparities and, you know, are they going to start calling it soccer and men's soccer now because the women got farther than the men. And it is an interesting conversation because, again, it's a soundbite. You know, we we talk a lot about how something can sound, oh, the women are paid less. Well, okay, there is wage disparity in in the world. I get it. There is a wage inequality between men and women, but you got to look at so many factors. It's like take gender out of it and say major league baseball players are paid more than minor league baseball players because more people watch it, so there's more income. So as the team gets better, their, their players can charge more. And it's, it's good for it. a male-female team, doesn't matter. If a TV show starts off low budget and millions of people start watching it, then they get to renegotiate their salaries and, and the budgets. It's just how it is. So hopefully, because soccer, I think, is one of those few sports where there's no reason to have men and women, inter- you know, have women on the men's teams and vice versa. Because t- we were talking about I mean, it. I don't, I don't see why not. Just give it a try. But then again, it's it's the, all about you know winning the game. So well, and that's the thing because you see in the movies that whenever you have the football team that needs to get put together, they get a female soccer player because they can kick better. That kind of thing, uh, which we talked about last week. Right, yeah. and you know we were talking with family over the weekend about sports. You know, mixed sports, and we have tennis for decades has been mixed. And in fact, Billie Jean King showed in her trouncing of uh, 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 Jimmy Connors that women could hold their own just fine and dandy. So yeah, women are paid less in, in women's soccer. However, there are contract issues. There's like, who's pay, are you paid a salary? Are you paid benefits? Are you paid for per- performance? You have a signing bonus. So it's you, you know, it's good to hop on the bandwagon and say, you, you know, we we need uh, equal pay. But that's a funny thing. They won. And what was the chant that started immediately after the game? Equal pay, equal pay, equal pay. It was immediately with, with no one researching it, delving into it, finding out how much of a disparity or why there's a disparity. So, but it does put it on the table. Now you have a championship team who these ladies, and I don't care who kneels, or who you know who stands? I don't care that one of them dropped a flag for a photo op and the other one ran out and grabbed it before too much damage could be done. People just outrage. It seems to be the rigueur now. It's just nonstop. I'm the outrage that she kneeled, that she said this, that she's all that, that she dropped a flag. Yay, she picked it up. She's the true hero. It's, it's you know what? People drop flags. People pick them up. People you, you know you wrap yourselves in them. You burn them. It's it's it's. I hate to sound like it's part of what makes this country great, but we can do all these things here. In too many countries, you can't. But instead of cheering, hey, these ladies won, the, the, the crowds are chanting equal pay, equal pay. Now, the, the day after, I think it can be researched, and this should be the story. Well, I think this, like, that conversation always comes up during the World Cup, and then it goes away because no one watches – the National Women's Soccer League. Well, like no one watched that. Bingo. Everyone, yesterday, so. everyone wanted equal pay. Now it's up to the ladies involved to say, to agree with it or disagree or not have an opinion either way, but to take their notoriety, and I mean that in a good way, to to parlay it into, okay, now let's discuss this. Mm-hmm. And so I, maybe some positive change can happen as a result. 
But end of the day, kudos to the ladies U.S. soccer team. I mean, you can also do something like what England does. Is they, England, they with their check, they give a percentage of it, a large portion of it, to charity every time they play. Good. That's nice. So, I mean, I think the I think the, on the world stage, people see it a different way, and then unfortunately for the women, they see it as an income. And a lot of people are like, "Well, why would you see playing for your country as an income?" And I don't think a lot of people know, you know, how much money are they really making in the National Women's Soccer League, especially overseas? How much are they making compared to the you know the Messi's of the world? Because Messi's is kind of an anomaly. <laughs> that guy's just the best soccer player, best sportsman right now, mm-hmm. pavement-wise. I mean, he gets paid over $100 million a year in endorsements and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of hard to say, oh, there's there's a pay gap when clearly there's a Messi still around. It's kind of like when Wayne Gretzky still played hockey. He wasn't playing hockey with other people. He was playing other sports. Like, he was playing a different level of hockey. Mm-hmm. But for unfortunately for the women's, though, like, even here locally, the Dash, their attendance is not very good. I mean, they they... It, uh, the even the Houston Dynamo who does the, they don't have a good attendance dwarfs them, and that's so, the point. So you you got to by necessity pay them less. Well, what's even stranger though is the Portland team has really good attendance. Like I'm talking like twenty thousand people go see the women's Portland team. So it work. It's weird. Like it works in some areas and it doesn't work in other markets. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like you have to figure it out. Especially soccer in the United States, it isn't very popular. Uh, we kind of talked about the reason women's soccer is so good in the United States. It's because of Title 13, is that what it's called? Where colleges and everything, if you offer a scholarship, is you have to offer an equal 11 value. or 13, I can't remember. And that's what and women's soccer is the first sport they do because so many people want to, like, women-wise, they don't, they, they're don't they not playing football. They're playing soccer. So mm-hmm. when they have to offer an equal value scholarship, that's the first slot they fill are generally soccer teams. And that's, I think that's probably the main reason why the women's soccer team is so good because we have so many women playing soccer at a competitive level. And men, they don't care. They'd rather play basketball or rather play football. <clears throat> well, so. we talked about this last week, and I, I really think, I think it was with Jay in the studio, I, I think we are ripe to have more integration that we'll get. If there's a, you know, I don't see why the Rockets didn't snatch up Cheryl Swoops when the WNBA folded. She would have made a great addition to the team, in my opinion. Who? Cheryl, Cheryl Swoops. Yeah. Into the Rockets. You know, there's no reason why that didn't happen. Uh, but except for, well, it's just not time. It's a man's sport. Same thing with football. I think there'll be more integration. Well, I think really, uh, I think also when it comes to sponsorships and viewerships, you, you can say that there's certain strategies to bump the numbers real quick. But long term... What's going to end up happening? Because imagine if a sport did involve uh, both men and women, but then it's a physical sport. And then it's like, do we really want to watch a man beat up a woman, especially in basketball? Because basketball can get really rough, which women know too. But it's kind of like, do the sponsors go, like, I'm, I'm over here on Budweiser. And I'm like, man, I really don't think it's a good image to have. Well, I, you know, I've James seen some Harden women dunk, dunking and talking trash. It would cause some issues but i think we get past them you know oh, we see women's I mma I think you presented it in a good that's why I said, tennis is a non-contact sport that's why it was the first it's one of the few non-contact sports yeah. uh baseball golf. would be next yeah golf uh next on that list would be baseball that 
I don't know why there aren't females on Major League Baseball teams now. I just don't know why. I think it's I will just off top of my head. I think it's because so many guys play baseball. There's so many men who play that sport that to mix in women at the competitive level, it's really hard. I can see talent wise. But this is one of those few times where I, I'm not a fan of filling quotas or that basically I'm a fan of whoever's most qualified should, whether it's a job or roster on the team or, or whatever. Because you're also asking a woman to learn how to play baseball, not softball, at a young age. Because it's a different, a totally different style. But see, of- I've seen female softball players who can wipe the floor of uh, some male baseball players. I don't know players. about that. Because you realize a softball <clears throat> is like four times, five times bigger than a baseball. So imagine trying to hit an object that you've been trained to hit that's been throwing average 60 to 85 miles an hour, and then you go hit a smaller one going 110 well, 105 but remember that same softball player is throwing a grapefruit at 70 just, 80 I'm miles an hour that's totally different that's totally different it's a different sport but what i'm what i mean is that now i'm not saying they won't adapt i'm just saying the fundamentals being taught to these future professional sports or high competitive athletes that's really where you determine if they're good enough they have to be starting at a young age and then moving forward with it. And that's why I made a comment about the reason the women's soccer team is they spend more time on coaches, on they have more opportunities because most guys are like, you know what, if I want to be an athlete, I'm not the first thing they don't approach me with is soccer. Because well, then soccer or baseball will be the next sport with integration. And I can't wait for that because I think the people are ready for it. And it, it's funny because over the weekend I saw a lot of you – know, another big thing that happened, we'll, we'll get into it later, was Black Ariel you know, Little Mermaid, and the media is making it sound like there's just this whole slew of of people who are having meltdowns. And, yeah, there are idiots all over the world, but they're making it sound like this is the norm. I have more than 1,600 friends on Facebook, and I know, like, personally, 99.9% of them. Not a oh, Of all walks wanna, of life, not a single you. friend has a problem with Black Ariel but you make it, you know, by the law of averages, I should have at least 10 or 20 or 30 people. Um, it, it, it's it's being whipped into a frenzy. So it's kind of the same thing with the sports. People, I think, on the whole would love, yeah, you'd have your diehards, that's why girls don't play the game kind of person, or, you know, keep, keep it men's, keep it women's. But when it happens, as long as it's the right person, no one's really going to care. Same thing with female president. We're ready for a female president. We just didn't want that female. And that's uh, that's what was Hillary Clinton's issue. Now, I mean, a lot of people did. Don't get me wrong. You had the popular vote. But what I mean is that we are conditioned through TV shows like Commander-in-Chief and Madam Secretary and 24 that we can handle a female president no problem. No one's well, going to assassinate I wanted to bring this up to you. I, I, I wanted to send this. So there was a funny uh, online guy who connected the dots with the Little Mermaid fiasco. And basically he had, uh, he talked about in the last like 15 years of redhead gingers getting replaced by people of color. And, and basically he's basically <laughs> saying it was the easiest white person to replace because no one cares about gingers or something like that. And he had like ten examples. Well, gingers have no souls. So I know it was just kind of funny to me because it's like I I can actually see the table 
of producers going like, hey, we want to spice it up. I'm like, oh, well, this person's redhead. We can just, no one knows that. I don't know. replace them. No one cares. And uh, I got to find that for you. That was that was kind of that is funny. for that. But it's become this, uh, much like well, last I, month, it was the Flat Earth Society. I guarantee you 99.8% of the people who join the Flat Earth Society see, want the membership card, and that's it. But you think the, the way the media handled it, you'd think that we have this whole subculture of Americans, millions of Americans, who really think the Earth is flat. No. no. It's certainly not. Ninety, a vast, vast, vast majority of people don't care. And, you know, Ariel is a fictional character. Now, here's the thing. I still maintain my stance on no Idris Elba as James Bond because the character was made to be a racist. And so you don't have a black man playing someone who hates other black men. It just takes away from the character. But I'm all for African-American. We already had a, a what's her name, Brandy. She played Black Cinderella, or I'm sorry, I'm, I'm being being good. She played Cinderella. No one cares. Yeah. No one cares that really. No, uh, okay, and the the people who care about Ariel being black, we shouldn't care about what they they care about. Their numbers are too small, but the media is propagating this this huge thing that is is. And yeah, there are idiot fringe Facebook groups going out, you know, whites against black Ariel or whatever. Let them do their thing. They will die out on their own. As long as she's a good singer and a good actress. And you know what? I am team Idris Elba to play um, Poseidon. You know, the king, or King Triton. But not Bond. No, not Bond. Not Bond. Guys. Not Bond. He has standards. Give him 008. He has standards, guys. No, I don't. I just, he goes against the author's original intention. Hans Christian Anderson didn't say, well, first off, remember when Disney took over The Little Mermaid, she got changed. And originally, uh, uh, and for the original Anderson um, fairy tale, her name's Pearl. The whole story is don't go against your father because what happens is the sea queen, you know, the Ursula character, sure, you can have legs, but it's going to feel like you're walking on broken glass every time you use them. And then at the end, she she basically dies and turns into sea foam. So basically, it's just the moral of the story is don't, you know, dad says don't run after this guy, don't run after him. So Disney already took something and changed it. And so if you did Little Mermaid, like, other than Disney, where it was Pearl, in fact, I think they they did one recently, a live-action Little Mermaid, but about not Ariel. No one would care about her her skin tone. I just feel sorry for all those redheads. Well, you know, they have no... Remember, my second and third ex-wives both had... were both gingers, so I speak from experience. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Well, hey, let's take a break. Real okay. Quick. Sounds and good. I'm going to catch up on some comments while yeah, we do we're going to, uh, I know Sean, I was trying to say, hey, you need to check this out. You need to look at this. But uh, we'll be right back, guys. You're listening to Dick Skippy in the mornings. And uh, when we come back, we can uh, start taking phone calls if you want until the Connor Art League. You wanna, do you want to do that? Yeah. And what's the phone number, Dick? Oh, that's a good question. It's Zenbat Went. It's 936 228. 9368. We have the Connor coming in at 10 o'clock. Don't forget about that, folks. So we'll be back after this. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com 
or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. A Lone Star Community Radio is ready for the summer. If you or anyone you know is looking for summer internship opportunities, a Lone Star Community Radio is a great place to grab the mic and be on the air. A Lone Star Community Radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world all year round. Be an on-air personality, talk show producer, or YouTube TV podcast editor. Contact the station at info at IRLoneStar.com or call the station's message line at 936-647-3776. Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpoint Coffee. Beanpoint Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit beanpunkcoffee.com to see our complete list of special events. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is a nonprofit organization serving Montgomery County and surrounding areas dedicated to the health and well-being of the boxer breed. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is run and managed 100% by volunteers since 1999. Our main objective is to rescue, rehabilitate, and rehome boxers that come to us from any sources, including local animal shelters, owner surrenders, and strays. For more information about Lone Star Boxer Rescue, visit our website at lsbr.org. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. Health Center Southeast Texas is a federally qualified health center. We accept Medicare, Medicaid, and most major private insurances. For our self-pay patients, we have a sliding scale discount program available. Our health centers have qualified providers and staff striving every day to provide the best quality of care to our patients. Services offered are family medicine, behavioral health services, telepsychiatry, and pediatrics. We have four area locations. Look at the Health Center Southeast Texas online at hcset.com. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension Programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at 1 o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. What is homelessness? Have you seen parents struggle to find a job without having transportation or childcare? What about the children sleeping in cars with nothing to eat? Families shouldn't have to struggle to survive, and children should not be homeless. Family Promise of Montgomery County serves the needs of homeless families 
and their children. Learn about ways you can help and learn about partnership opportunities at www.familypromiseofmc.org or call our day center at 936-441-8778. Hey, welcome back. Dick and Skippy in the mornings. By golly, we both got it right this morning. I think we're finally stopped writing last year's date on our checks. We finally got the new name of the showdown. It only took, what, three weeks? It took forever. Yeah, well, you know. You got Dick, you got Skippy, and it's the morning time. Yeah. So thanks for tuning in with us. We appreciate it. It's uh, cloudy in downtown Conroe, but the official Lone Star Weather Tree outside tells me that winds are coming out of the south uh, probably about three miles an hour. Thank you for the update. <laughs> well, did you check up on the comments and stuff on our Facebook feed? I did. Did you get any replies? Because uh, they're usually talking to you. Yeah, because I talk smack. But, uh, yeah, Title Nine. thank you so much. And it was Bobby Riggs. Thank you. I, I was hesitant to say Jimmy Connors because it didn't feel right. It was Bobby Riggs against Billie Jean King in the Battle of the Sexes, and she just wiped the floor with Bobby Riggs. So thank you for that. I did not well, know. How much of, older was Bobby Riggs? Oh, they they were uh, they were uh, not compatriots, but were uh, uh, contemporaries. Okay. So she she was the top of the women's field. He was top of the men's field, and they said, "Hey, we got this idea." And the whole thing was, let's watch the man beat down the woman, and that way, you know, we could keep male dominance going a little while longer. And it kind of blew up in their faces. Uh, so yes, Title Nine. Thank you for that, Brett. I appreciate it. Uh, title Eleven didn't sound right. Uh, once again, um, so going, oh, but, but here's something for, for Brett now. Now, earlier I made the possibly hyperbolic statement that I've got 1,600 friends on Facebook and I know 99% of them. I'm just letting you know she's a lot older, younger than him. They were not the same age. No, I said contemporaries. I'm not saying they were the same age. How old? He was born in, uh, 1918. She was born in 1943. But they were still top of their games. Uh, they weren't. Yeah, they were. I'm sorry. I'm looking at it right now. No, they're they not age-wise. Just letting you know. That's, that's okay. a big age difference. So? They weren't at the top of the line at the same time. I'm sorry. Okay. Anywho. He, he so, turned pro before she was born. So I'll be meeting Brett uh, in the next few days for a special event as well as um, um, giving him some information on a podcast. So what we're going to do is we're going to put my – uh, my my friends list to the test of how many I know. Now, when I say no, I'm not talking biblically. I'm not saying like Lot knew his wife, I know them all. But I would need to not know 165 people on my page to be outside of the realm of hyperbole for me to not, for me to know 99% of so my friends. So her, I will have her, to spot test, be able to say her who they are. Her highest ranking uh-huh. at number one was in 1967. Do you want to know when his highest ranking was? Yeah, we're both number one, Mm -hmm. but that was in 1939. Okay, are you looking at the? I think I'm looking. I said I looked at Bobby Riggs. Look at like Junior or something because I'm telling you, there was not a a 60, a 70 year old man did not play Billie Jean King. And I'm looking it up. Okay. Yeah, no, it's him. Look at Battle of the Sexes. Type Battle of the Sexes Tennis. I'm looking up right here. Or so, someone help me out here. 
There we go. Yeah, I was right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm now I'm reading the comments. Okay, I can't be reading up com reading comments. I can't be talking here. There, yeah. So she was 28. He was 42 at the time. I'm just know they weren't. So you had they weren't at the same level. Uh, same level, yes. She was the top of the women's. He was top of the men's. That was the whole point. Is them to say, okay, we'll put them head to head and watch the man spank down the woman, and then we can go back to business as usual. And what it turned out to be was that she beat him, and everyone went, oh no. And that's where you come a long way. Baby came up, and Virginia Slims became tennis related. You know the cigarettes were things were being marketed for women because they could buy their own stuff now. Remember, before that point, married women couldn't have their own checking accounts without their husband's permission. And that that was a main catalyst in changing that. I remember in my earliest days, I remember, you come a long way, baby, uh, the Virginia Slims uh, uh, ads, print ads. And that's what started. And so... I don't know, man. He retired in 1959. Bobby Riggs retired in 1959. That's what I'm reading. It's the same. It's just the same guy. I don't believe. I think the Wikipedia is giving wait, me. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Type "Battle of the Sexes," Billie Jean King. I have it right here. When did it happen? It happened. Riggs had originally challenged Billie Jean King, but she declined, regarding the challenges as a gimmick. Uh, they met in Houston, September 20th, and. Is billed as bad. Now remember, most tennis players retire like the age of twenty-four, and they go on the circuit. Let's see, nineteen seventy-three. Yeah, September twentieth, nineteen seventy-three. Okay, just letting you know. Mm -hmm. I got nowhere to go. I mean, yeah, I, was, yeah, they, I know they what happened equal. in nineteen seventy-three. I was. I did not say they were equal. I said they were contemporaries. Okay. He was the top of the male tennis world. She was the top of the female tennis world. Okay. Yeah. Brett, what do you th what do you think, Brett? <laughs> hey, someone help me out here. So. So you got more. Oh wow, we got even more comments here. Yeah. Yeah, he was in his fifties. She was in her mid thirties. Yeah, and apparently... I don't think he was at the top of his... I think he was at top at one point, but it was way before they did this tennis match. Like, way before. Say that again? I think he was top of the tennis world, but not during this game. Okay. Well, think, you're top until you're not the top of the world. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, So if you retire at the top, and like you, if you retire the world heavyweight champion, yeah, but this is like, you stay that till someone else beats This is it. like you're, you're 30 years old, and like say... That's like someone playing against Wayne Gretzky right now. Right when now, I, yeah. Right now, if I like, if I was in the NHL and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go against Wayne Gretzky. How old is Wayne Gretzky? I mean, he's probably 30 years older than most okay. players. No, not you going against Wayne Gretzky. Holly going against. Well, that's what it is. And so Holly could, if Holly beat Wayne Gretzky right now, she would still be considered the winner. Oh well, yeah, I know. I, so I, there, I yeah. granted that yeah. she. I mean, but the way you presented, I was, just can't picture Holly ever beating Wayne Gretzky. No. But. no. N nor I, so you know it's not a it's not a gender thing. <laughs> Just Wayne Gretzky to eat me up. How do we get on the tennis thing so so fervently? Because you're you're adamant about not letting uh, Idris Elba be Bond, <laughs> <laughs> but he can be King Triton. Yeah, he can be anyone. I but would Bond. I would love to see him play King Triton and the Little Mermaid. Yeah, true enough. All right, well uh, let's move on. You got any other things you wanted to bring up? 
Uh, well, I, I see I keep on getting all these these comments and stuff. I, I got to look, and oh, we got listener Drew listening in. How's it going, man? Thanks for tuning in to us. So I wanted to ask you about this cannabis tourism. Apparently there's a, a lot of stuff going on these days where they're wow, making that's packages. Shifting gears. Well, what I have I have a list of things I want to talk about. I don't know what that list. I don't know if that list is even intended for right by you, for me. This is my I think that's, utilitarian I, Monday morning uh, teleprompter. That's how scripted the show is. For both uh, Dick and Skippy in the mornings and Woodlands on Air. Well, because you know, locally now. here we had that statement from our uh, – is it not Attorney General? What's his name? Uh, Brett Ligon, the – District attorney. The district attorney. He was basically talking about the new hemp laws being passed in Texas and what he's going to enforce. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in other words, don't get caught with it in Montgomery County, people. Yeah, pretty much. Harris and County, you're okay. Yeah, clearly. I live out night and day from up here and down there. But uh, but I was reading this deal about the can- cannabis tourism, where you can get on a bus and they take you around the different you know places they grow it. And this, I mean, it's like different states and stuff offer it. But the one thing I'm trying to figure out is. Is it like beer in the sense of once you get high, you're pretty much high, right? Sure. So, <laughs> like, I just can't imagine going. I'm on high on life. I can't imagine going on like a wine tour, but doing it with cannabis. A cannabis tour. Well, here's the thing: like, I can't mix my alcohol. Do they stop by like McDonald's for folks? And it's like, oh, you want to? Well, McFlurry? McDonald's should sponsor it. Yeah, there you McFlurry's go. McFlurry's every every ten miles, guys. But my question is, okay, so. When I mix my alcohols, that's where the trouble happens. Mm-hmm. Um, if I stick with one or two alcohols on a, on a birthday celebration or something, I'm okay. But three or more, and I'm well. There are apparently different kinds of of cannabis out there. I'm by no means an expert, so you know, help me out here, and you can remain anonymous by calling Zen Bat Wentz and letting us know. Uh, but if you mix your cannabi, would that you grow a sixth toe. <laughs> Pretty sure that's what happens. I probably would. I mean, would that actually affect you to have different blends? I have no idea, but that would be interesting. Yeah, that's what I'm, I mean. I think it's well, it's just interesting to me because you think about what these changes come into our lives and how do they integrate in normal life. Kind of like how smoking has progressively moved its way out, like. Like the weirdest thing, I was at the I was at the uh, bowling alley, and someone called in and goes, "Do you got? Can we smoke inside still?" And I was thinking to myself, I was like, "How long ago was when you weren't allowed to smoke inside here?" It, it was an overnight thing. I remember. I was. But, I mean, how long ago though? I mean, because it wasn't just like last year. It had to have been. No, but each city's different. Um, uh, Shenandoah, until because my we we would go to Denny's. To eat, and you, one of the few places you can smoke that is smoking area. At Shenandoah. Yeah. And when, when, how long ago was it? Though? Oh, it was like, like last year? Four, four years ago, maybe. Okay. And Man, then so we hard. went in one time, it was like, no more smoking. Was, uh, Oak Ridge North, there's a, like a, um, my mother loves going to this uh, place called Wolfie's. It's a sports bar. Yeah, there's one in the, on the lake, and I think there's one in the woodlands. Okay, well, the one yeah. in the woodlands, you because it's outside of the woodlands proper, it's in Oak Ridge North, technically, or even spring, You can there's a back room you can smoke in. And so, still today, yeah, to this day, uh, as of last week, because I had to. Well, the reason I bring that up, it's like smoke. with the cannabis stuff, it's going to be interesting to see what they, what, what people, restaurants and things make rules up for that kind of stuff. Well, just flat out, no smoking across the board. Most of them have, uh, I believe, if you're there's that law, and I know it's a percentage law, like fifty thirty or, or whatever it is. 
uh, about how what percentage you counts as a bar more than a restaurant than you can smoke. Uh, I would presume the same or comparable laws would apply. I don't think the laws of cigarette smoking directly translate to pot smoking, but I think they'd be I'm losing words, not concurrent, but they'd be contemporable. Same. Yeah, comparable. Yeah. Because, I mean, I imagine having, like, a smoke shop, like a cigar place, Mm -hmm. and people just come in there and start smoking weed. But no, because here's the thing. I, the few times in my life I've actually smelled burning marijuana makes me violently ill. I guess I'm allergic. Uh, But it smells like old gym socks being dipped in, you know, snot. That's the smell I get. So if I ran a cigar shop, I would be, you know, I love the smell of a good cigar or pipe blend or something like that or even cigarette. But to bring in something that may be legal but would still not be for everybody, you can be a cigar smoker and hate pot. I I see it integrating, though. I see it becoming, and someone on Facebook even made the comment about edibles, and that would be like the dessert. You know, after you eat your food, they offer, an, uh, like, instead of a little chili next to their spicy food, they'll ha- have a little pot plant next to it. Or, like, you go to a high-end yeah. steakhouse, and instead of the sprig of parsley they got in front, it's a, it's a sprig of, of the marijuana plant. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think that's how the, you eat it. I'm, you I'm just leaving it? Out, honestly, no, I don't think that's how you eat it. But uh, I think that would be the norm. That would, and like, especially the beers that they're trying to make. In time. So it's like you have your beer and you have your alcohol <clears throat> value and then we'll have like how many how many pot leaves? It's part of evolution. I mean, in time, we see things that just once upon a time, um, you know, we had men and women's sports were to be completely separated. And then, yeah, and I know that Bobby Riggs was older and he'd retired, but when he retired, he was top of his gang. And I maintain the same thing. Any female going up against oh, Wayne he's, Gretzky, he's played, if she'd he's win, played you don't tennis before competitively. Huh? You, that's the only thing I'll accept from that statement. Okay. At one point, he played it at, like, way before she plays it currently. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Do <laughs> you think that the same could apply for chess? Do you think like a, a 90-year-old chess master is about on the same playing level is like there are enough young chess prodigies that i think that's probably another integrated sport you don't think of chess as a sport but it is well i was watching anthony bourdain's uh what's it called no reservations i think it was called and they were they were in armenia armenia Mm -hmm. armenia and they were talking about uh, second grade they start you you have to take chess class like every second grader has to take chess as a curricular extracurricular activity and so I started thinking about, all right, so does that mean like everyone travels with a chess set in Armenia and that's how they like solve their issues with one another? It's like, you know, we're having disagreements, but everyone knows how to play chess there. So that's... Everyone pick your color. Yeah. That, but I think that's pretty cool though that they've... Yeah, but... Okay. I, I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I just, I, I'm not a chess player at all. I don't think what I've was, ever won a game of chess what, in my entire life. What was interesting is the resentment all the interviewers he had when he was talking to him about how no one helps them. Armenia is a country. So it's like they, they started the root of teaching chess was they wanted everyone to be critical thinkers because they have to rely on themselves and no one else. And that was kind of like the summary of it. I was like, man, can well, you I wonder, growing up in the culture like that? Because, you know, in... They in, don't want any handouts, man. 
In American TV shows, the Armenian mob, based in fact, I'm sure, but, you know, they're just like this ruthless, ubiquitous organization. I'm wondering if the Armenian mob has a corner on the chess world. Are you told to throw a game? I mean, or or they make all the pieces. Oh, the boards and the pieces? Yeah, so that's how... That's how that one fam, that one rich family in Armenia is making their money. I respect the heck out of chess players. It's it's a game that's beyond my ken. I mean, I can play it. I know the moves and stuff, but I am incapable of of envisioning the board as others do and playing it in my head and, and thinking thirty moves ahead. What's apply that that uh, t- talent you have for acting when you're memorizing lines? Well, there's one thing to memorize forty or fifty lines, and another to memorize millions after the first move it's like how many permutations do you have to go from there depending on I mean, each success i imagine it's similar to like to counting cards like the strategy I you have to remember all can't that. do that either yeah you can i just know i play by my gut and here's the thing i have insanely good luck love, with cards people that can do that it's uh, like they're magicians my ability to play poker <clears throat> is 100 percent based on well equal parts luck and my ability to just look in your face and BS. I knew a guy who could count cards, but by I was far more impressed when we played Clue. He didn't have to write anything down. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was really cool. Like, I mean, he's really good with cards, but I was like, well, we played Clue. It was a lot of fun because he had no idea when he was going to talk. He's like, I go, if, you, if you're going to say something, you better say it right, and he always gets it right. Yeah. So it's kind of, I don't know. If that is know. impressive. So, But, I mean, you could do that. I feel like you memorize a bunch of things. Like, how much do you know Shakespeare? How, how long I got it, game. Yeah, how long did it take you to, to develop that skill? 50 years. So there you go. You can easily, you know. It's not too chess. late for me to start. What's I'm saying? What's the difference between a 90 year old chess master and a four year old chess master? Yeah, if you think I'm making well, it to 90. Well, I mean, like, does chess have a new style play? It's someone like invented this move. Are moves still being created in chess? No, but I'll, I'll go hand in hand with that. Um, in the past, my mother was a formidable bridge player you know okay. card game um like she's master this or grand something that uh and hadn't played it in years and so i've been trying to get her out and about more lately and i found out the withens has a bridge meet twice a week so i talked her into going to that and so i'll drive her there or i'll pick her up and she'll tell me about the game and, and how she describes it from what i can gather bridge is pretty much See, Brett, brett's got the right Start. You don't have to memorize oh. all the cards, just the, the ones that have value. There you go. on the game you're playing. There you go. Um, but when I talk to my mom about bridge afterwards, like how was the game, she'll start going into great detail about, well, I started with the 3-0 Trump, and then they came in and bid. Th- now, as far as I can determine, bridge is kind of like spades on steroids. Mm-hmm. You know, hearts, the game hearts or spades, whatever, on steroids. But she has such a strategy to it that i'm just you know if i'm playing spades or hearts or something it's like i i can play okay but not to the level because you know like omar sharif has this in the daily newspapers he's got bridge scenarios and and if he bids this and you do no trump on that and this and so forth can't do it now again i can play poker with the best of them I'll, you know i might lose my shirt at the end because i like going all in just for poops and grins if it's like a Monte Carlo night and I'm only out 10 bucks, but that I got to say, that's not from, from particular strategy or skill. It's just uh, um, the ability to uh, make people convinced that I've got something in my hand when I really don't. I think we have our guests lining yeah, up outside. 
So why don't we take our break? Okay. And then we'll get them in, and we're going to talk about the Condor Art League coming up, guys. You're listening to Dick and Skippy in the Mornings. You're on Lone Star Community Radio. Uh, just to give you a heads up, too, a little teaser. Uh, what's, the, what's the play going on at the Owen Theater? Because we have... Two, two pairs of tickets to give away? Oh, my gosh. So over at the Owen, we got the Player Theater Company doing the hilarious comedy, Daddy's Dying, Who's Got the Will? Yeah, we're going to give away a pair of tickets on Wednesday show and then another pair on Friday show, and we're going to announce how to win that. And uh, we'll see. What Basically, <laughs> it'll be easy. Well, yeah, because Sean, clearly Sean doesn't like complicated things. No, I'm a simple Besides man. Besides the options of losing shirts or not. We'll be right back with some uh, strip poker. It is <laughs> with some Connor Hartley. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpong Coffee. Beanpong Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit beanpunkcoffee.com to see our complete list of special events. Did you know that there are over 153 million orphans in the world today? The sad reality is 99% of those kids will likely never be adopted. Core Love is an organization right here in Conroe that takes care of orphan children in Haiti, Honduras, and India. We bring the love of Jesus by providing their six basic needs of clean water, proper food, health care, education, job skills, and a loving home. Visit corelove.org. That's C-O-R-E-L-U-V dot org. Will you help defend the orphan? A Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 647 3776 to take your first step into the radio world. Are you interested in learning more about preparing quick, healthy, and safe meals for your family? Would you like to spend time with others learning tips and tricks along with practicing and tasting nutritious food? If so, the On the Road to Healthy Living Mobile Cooking School is for you. Call Amy Ressler at Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service at 936-539-7825 to find a class near you or volunteer to host a class. Hey, Montgomery County and online listeners. Thank you so very much for checking out Jazzy Vibes with Soul. What? You haven't done so yet? Well, you've got to tune in. 
Hi, I am the host of Jazzy Vice with Soul, Miss C.C. Holmes, and I invite you to check us out every Friday and Saturday from 7 until 9 p.m., where you will get the best in old-school R&B and, of course, a little smooth jazz to make it jazzy. So tune in. That's right, tune in. Every Friday and Saturday right here on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM or worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. There we go. Welcome back. Dick and Skippy in the mornings here. It is 9.57 on the dot here in Overcast, downtown Conroe. It be Monday, the Monday after Independence Day weekend. Dick and I are recovering from the festivities. And we are now in our second hour here. Uh, if you can't hear anything, just keep on turning it up. Keep going. Eventually, nothing? Nope. Okay. Well, we hear you. Anyhow, so we have some special guests in the studio from the Conroe Art League. So we got Ken Roy making a return appearance. We also have Deborah Riley and Bib- Bibby, making sure I get that right. Bibby Braun. Uh, Braun. Good Lord. I need more Conroe coffee. At least I got the show's name right this morning, so that's a plus. Bibby Braun. We're getting through it. All with the getting Conroe Art League. Now, I've encountered the Conroe Art League before. It's an awesome organization, like a consortium for uh, different art venues and outlets in the Conroe area. But, Ken, I'm going to let you kind of fill in the gaps of what I didn't say there. Okay, sure. Thank you. Get right up, you right up on right it. Right up on it, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah well, the, the Conroe Art League uh, is, is really run by its members, and we have about 300-plus members, uh, artists, uh, what we call 2D, painters, Drawers, 3D sculptures, a lot of fused glass, a lot of uh, glass jewelry. So we have a wide, uh, wide range of artists' interest, and uh, we try to support that by having a, a show monthly. Okay. Uh, in, in the studio, I mean, in the gallery. So each um, month you rotate out the artists. We rotate out the artists, and uh, most of the artists for sale. It's not mandatory that an artist uh, have their art for sale, but they can sell it, and uh, we want to promote that if they want to sell their art. And, of course, we accept a 20% donation when they do sell the art. There you go. Um, now, this, um, this Saturday, we have a lot of things going on. It's going to be very busy Saturday, but we're going to have a reception from 5 to 8 in the gallery. The public is invited, as the public is always invited, to all of our receptions. Uh, we'll have food. We'll have uh, maybe a nice glass of wine, uh, both white and red, if anybody wants to join in. Um, and so what goes with watercolors, white or red? <laughs> um, are you an impressionist? Or yeah, a, yeah, I do a great rich little impersonation. <laughs> you can mix according to your interest in painting. And impressionism or abstract, there you go. Uh, go ahead and mix accordingly or have one. Well, no one will tell but, me what color goes with Cheetos, but that's <laughs> besides the point. Go ahead. So uh, where's the so gallery located? It's at uh, 127 Simonton Street. Okay, so just up the block from us, right? Just up the block mm-hmm. from us. And um, that building, the Madeley Building, has been there since 19. 19- 11. I think it was in uh, uh, disarray. I think it was about to be demolished, and at some point the city took it over. Uh, they rehabbed it with, I think, uh, the art gallery in mind, and they rent it to us. So the, uh, the city owns the building. They rent it to us, and we have the shows, and that ties in, the Madeley part of it ties into what we're doing this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have, for the first time, something called the Madeley Award. 
And Marianne um, Madeley Metcalf, who is a granddaughter of one of the two gentlemen that built the building, uh, is going to come into the gallery and she's going to select uh, a piece of uh, art that she finds to be uh, uh, of high quality and that she likes it. And then at the reception on Saturday, we're going to present that as the Madeley Award. Wow. And there's going to be a $100 uh, monetary award to go with that. So, uh, and I think her husband, and somebody correct me here, was, uh, was a mayor, uh, uh, was the mayor of the city. Mayor Madeley, uh, it's got a mayoral Metcalf, name. Metcalf. So. Metcalf. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Mayor Madeley Metcalf. Metcalf. That's it. And, um, and there's also, I think her son maybe is a uh, representative. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you got Will Metcalf. Will Metcalf. Uh, exactly. Who's state rep. And then his dad, I actually was able to videotape uh, uh, a little while back. I had Good. three Conroe mayors in the same room one day. Oh, so nice. we had, nice, we had nice, fun nice, with that. Nice. Yeah, I bet you and did. And I think Will may be attending the reception on Saturday night if anybody's interested in coming and meeting him. Cool. Well, the session, uh, I think the Texas legislative session is out now. So he's got some time. That's for a little right. while, so you can come by. Will, if you're listening, and we know you're not, <laughs> but if you are, be, be sure to be sure to come by this Saturday. Well, one of our members, Carrie Conklin, has arranged mm -hmm. this, and uh, she's been talking directly with uh, Marianne uh, uh, Madeley Metcalf to arrange it. I know she's invited, of course, her husband, Will, and a number of family members and friends, so we expect that to be a, a really nice contingent. And that award will be made at 630 Okay, uh, And that's just one thing. The second thing we have going on, um, uh, this is going to be for the first time and will continue this monthly except for two times during the year. It's called the People's Choice Award. And uh, really excited about this one. Uh, one of our members and instructors, Juan Cantavella, uh, came to the board sometime back and said, uh, uh, and, and for this to make sense, I guess, Juan is originally from Spain and came to the United States via uh, Venezuela. And, um, and he came to the board and said, I want to do something for the gallery. I want to give back to the gallery and to the, to the country, really. I'm grateful for being here. And he offered up for a $400 award uh, for what we're calling the People's Choice Award. And what that means is guests and members can come into the gallery they can look at everything that's on display, and there's about 40-plus pieces on display this month, and um, you can vote what your favorite painting or 3D sculpture. I'd like to come back to the sculpture in a little bit. Um, what your favorite is, and that vote's going to count, and whoever wins is going to be, uh, at least for this month, it's going to be the recipient of the first-time People's Choice Award, $400 award, and um, uh, if you come in this month, you can vote, but that'll be the art on display this month for the award next month. What we'll actually be giving uh, or awarding this Saturday is the art that was on display in June. Gotcha. Uh, so it's already been voted on, and then we'll make that award come in this month. You're voting on the July art for an August. So uh, this award. single award goes to, like, no matter what the art medium is. Uh, no matter what. It's kind of like a best in show. 
best in show according go. to the guests and members that come into the show. Now, Juan was the guy that did the portrait of you, right? That is correct. Okay, I remember the first time I saw you, you were standing underneath your own portrait, and I had this Twilight Zone moment <laughs> where, <laughs> like a portrait of Dorian Gray or something. Yeah, Juan's an incredible artist. Mm -hmm. uh, he's been our member for a while, and he teaches as well. Um, does beautiful portraits, and so we're all really excited about him making this award available to all the members. Well, talk about giving back to the community, you know, because I've seen Juan there several times. Every time I popped in the gallery, he tends to be doing something there or have art on display. And to give it back to the community, I think that's what really helps uh, give the Conroe Art League a lot of its credibility. Yes. Yeah, I think yes. it's one thing that's so special about the Art League, too, is because it's run by volunteers. And... Um, there's a lot that goes on, and without all those members and volunteers, it wouldn't be possible to do these kinds of shows and the kinds of classes that we have. Uh, you know, the league was started in 1963 with seven local artists, so it's got a long history, and it's amazing to think they started with seven artists, and now they have their own gallery, and they do workshops, and they have classes. It's pretty amazing. So talk to me about the Conroe art world. Is it like... Kumbaya all around, or is it like cage match where, you know, <laughs> you have very few, very little wall space, and so there's a smackdown over who gets it? It's okay, I, no one's listening, I, so you, I, you, I, you yeah, can yeah. be honest. I think so far we have only run out of wall space maybe when we have our big national show and it gets crowded, and then we still managed. Yeah, typically on the, we've crowded it in. Yeah. yeah. Typically on the monthly, because we do ask uh, if you're going to exhibit for this any month, uh, it's $10 to, uh, to hang your art and then you have to uh, sit a docent shift, which is a three and a half hour shift, as Deborah said, we run by volunteers. So we need people in the gallery to serve as docents to greet visitors when they come in. And um, so that's, uh, that's how we, uh, so, so some people may not be able to be a docent I don't know that too many people would not want to pay $10, but that kind of self-regulates. We have 40 to 60 pieces a month, which we can easily handle mm -hmm. with the uh, wall space in the gallery and the pedestals as well. I still say you should pit the uh, watercolorists against the oil painters <laughs> and see who survives. And, you know, so you, what would it take to take a docent shift? Because people may view it as like, oh, God, I got to, you know, sit here for three hours. But I'm telling you, that three hours can pass quickly just looking at the art on the walls. It's yes. not a punishment at all. It's, it's something. So is there any kind of like special training? Do you come in? And well, we have a uh, docent coordinator that's mm -hmm. in charge of scheduling all the docents, and she also is in charge of setting up training. So if you are a new member and you hang a piece of art and it's going to be your first time to docent, you have the opportunity to go to a class. I think she holds them once a month. And they give you a good training. They tell you the history of the building. They tell you about our sales process, the little things that you need to do while you're there to keep the gallery running smoothly. And then your first docent chef, you're put with somebody. So you're not going to have to do your first shift all by yourself. Uh, and so it's a pretty good system that works pretty smoothly. We also now have a part-time gallery manager that's there during the week. And so if you're a new docent, it's not quite as worrisome because there's someone there that you can ask for help at least part of the day. Cool. So let's bring it over to Bibby for a bit. Um, Deborah earlier was saying that, like, uh, the league does lessons, and someone tells me that you actually give lessons. 
on no, Netflix? I don't give the lessons. I coordinate the lessons. Coordinate the lessons. Well, that's more important because without a coordinator, <laughs> they'd just be anarchy. Yeah. We have uh, numerous lessons. We have classes in drawing, drawing and oil, oil alone, portrait classes. That's Juan's class he has on Saturday mornings. Um, we have watercolor. We have a kid's class um, that's kind of geared to homeschool students okay. and after school students. Um, so what's the age range on that if someone had kids that they wanted to? I think it's eight to up into high school, but I think she, right. she kind of generally does more of the smaller smaller kids. Um, we also have the, the plein air group that meets um, once a month on Saturdays, weather the, depending. The, the what group? Plain air. That's outside painting oh, or plain drawing. Oh, plain air. Yes. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And we... Um, I thought it was a new art form, plain air style. Yeah, yeah they, they go out to different locations and they'll meet and maybe have lunch or whatever and do oil painting or drawing or whatever they want to do, photography. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's any kind of art form for that. And um, the classes are held generally during the day. Um, the exception would be the drawing and oil is on a Tuesday night. Okay. So we've got we've got a Saturday classes with portraits and we have the the oil and drawing on a on a night. So we can gear that toward the working people a little bit. Cool. And I, I know in the Woodlands we got this place that, you know, basically they give you a paintbrush in one hand and a wine bottle mm-hmm. in the other. And uh, We haven't tried that. But I was about to say, ahead. you know, they're all <laughs> hoity-toity in the Woodlands. You may want to try that. I think, you know, I'd, I'd show up, especially if you had red and white. Speaking uh, of actually, that, that. Yours is over there. Oh. <laughs> in, uh, in you're addition. talking about kids in the summer. The um, high school students sometimes in the summer will come and take one of the classes for a month. So you don't have to sign up for it for the whole year. You can sign up just on a monthly basis. Oh, okay. So for some of the older older kids that might want to try a class in the summer, sometimes that's a good way to go. Awesome. And we also have the student shows that are geared toward towards the high school students, which is really has a good crowd, and they do some amazing artwork. Absolutely incredible. Uh, in addition to our classes, we have workshops, and the workshops are generally either one to three days, uh, depending on on the subject matter and the teacher's preference. And they can be anything from mixed media, oil, drawing, whatever. Um, and we've got some really fabulous ones coming up. Um, we've got we're we're starting to draw artists from all over, very well-known artists that are coming to teach at Conroe Art Lake, so we're excited about that. That's amazing. Let's talk, and I'm going to kind of throw it like to, to all of you here, uh, the importance of arts, especially in youngsters uh, in education, because for the longest time it's been STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, mechanics, uh, and eventually someone said something's missing that's arts, and so STEM is kind of segueing into STEAM, which they're, they're added <laughs> the arts to it as well, and I'm all for that. Is uh, to me, art seems to be like the first one on the chopping block, but it's in the past. But there seems to be a, a resurgence of it. How important is the arts to a young mind? Well, obviously, obviously to us, it's very important, and and that brings me back to Saturday night, uh, to one thing we're doing Saturday night called the Art Teacher uh, Appreciation Show. Okay. So uh, I went out. I've got a mailing list of. Uh, 
our teachers, both public, private, homeschooled in Montgomery County. And uh, this is, I think, the third year we've done this. So I send a, an invitation out to all the art teachers to say you're welcome to come into the gallery. Uh, you don't pay a $10 fee. You don't stand a dose and shift. You're able to sell your art. And um, the art teachers respond to that because we want to give them an opportunity as they're teaching students, educating them about art, opening up that world to them. We want to tell the art teachers, uh, we love you, we like what you're doing, come into the gallery and show your art. So that'll be part of what's on display as well uh, in the gallery. We've got uh, six or seven panels of uh, art, oil, ballpoint pen, watercolor, drawing, uh, that's, uh, that's on the walls now to show our appreciation to the, uh, to the teachers. And there'll be many of them, if not most of them, that are displaying will be at the uh, reception. Um, now, to tie back to our support for students, as, as Bibby mentioned, we rely on the art teachers to support our student show, which comes in uh, the spring. So we've had it already. Uh, we raise money for scholarships for the art students, seniors, by the way, mm -hmm. senior art students, again, public, private, or homeschooled. We have an auction in February, it's called the 12 by 12, and uh, the art members, art league members, um, are given uh, a 12 by 12 panel, and uh, they're able to do whatever they want on it. They can paint on it, they can do sculpture on it, they can do collage, and we auction that off, and uh, we raised six, a little over $6,000. Nice. We gave every penny of that back to the, uh, in scholarships to, to the students. And we had a winner, um, the first, second, third, honorable mentions. And uh, the, the winner got, it was in excess of, was it $2,000? Mm -hmm. uh, Jake Hall, I think was his name, uh, at Magnolia. So Jake senior art, uh, well, he's a senior. You don't have to be an arts, you don't have to be an art student or an art major, I guess. Gotcha. Uh, any, anybody that's in public school, private, or home school that just has an interest in art. So Jake won 2,000 bucks. Uh, he was pretty happy. We, we have a listener asking, uh, what percentage of the artists are making a living as an artist? That, that is a good question. And I haven't uh, known that we've done a survey of that, I can think of at least two, but if you all know, um, Bibi or Deborah, I don't know what percentage. Yeah, what uh, percentage? I actually don't. That's an interesting question. Yeah. I know we have members that do make a living off of their art, but I, I really don't know what percentage of our membership. Okay. I know it's difficult to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you have a wide range of artists, and then also people who want to be considered an artist, they can sign up for classes, which I shared, yeah. by the way, folks, on our social media where the calendar and it shows you where all the classes oh, are and things right. like that. That's the thing so, that's really great about the art league. You can be a beginner with zero experience and come in and there's a place for you. There's mm -hmm. a class for you. There's some way that you can be involved. Or you can be a professional artist uh, and there's still um, places for you to either serve or teach. You can still show in the gallery. So... It's really great for all levels of artists. Oh, cool. And people can go online at Conroe Art League, I believe, .org for all the information, everything you're showing. And y'all actually recently updated y'all's website. 
making your transition. And to, it shows uh, the like, current art that's yes. up and things like yes. that. So it's more interactive. So if everyone wants to kind of preview what's going on over at the art gallery, it's, it's all available online at ConroeArtLeague.org. Yes. If I could come back to this, uh, this reception, um, another thing that's on display this month, we have, a, we have an offer to our members, something called the Feature Wall and they pay $100 to have the feature wall. And that artist is given the whole wall to exhibit. And this month we have uh, a member, Fred Carter, who is a wood carver. And Ooh. he is phenomenal. He wins awards uh, at shows regionally, statewide, I suspect nationally. But Fred is, um, is actually a retired minister, I think approaching... 90 or is he past 90? He is mid 80s. Mid 80s. Retired Baptist minister. And he carves, uh, he carves all kind of subjects in wood. And what's great about uh, Fred is that when he is the docent, he will bring his table, he'll bring his carving tools, he'll put it out. Anybody that comes into the gallery, they can watch Fred carve a piece. And if they ask about technique and so on, Fred's very patient, very generous with his knowledge, and he'll tell them how to go about it. He'll encourage them. Um, so it's really fun to watch because when kids come into the gallery, um, they gravitate and circle around that to watch him chip and carve. He's going to be uh, in the gallery for the reception this coming Saturday evening, but he's also going to be there uh, working the afternoon docent shift, and he generally does bring his work mm -hmm. with him if somebody wants to come in and see him work uh, this coming Saturday. And Bibby did correct me. He is a retired Methodist minister. <laughs> Got to get that right. <laughs> That's right. We don't want the Baptist Methodist smack down. I don't want, Fred, down up, in the I don't want of, Fred upset with me. Get the sharks and the jets in the, in the gallery. Well, it seems that the Conroe Art League is really good at making art accessible. Between the, the, the prices you charge the artist and your volunteer base and like listen you know you want to be part of this just sit here for three hours and you know pass it on uh because i think a lot of people might be scared to walk into a gallery or museum because it's like well it's above me i i, I don't know art i know what i like but I, I wouldn't know if it was good or bad you know you put a pollock in front of me and i just think he sneezed yeah. that's me personally um but it, it, you seem to make it very accessible to the artist. It is. I had uh, a visitor uh, a while back. She walked in. She says, I normally don't go into art galleries. Um, I, I don't know what the issue was, but maybe they're a little too hoity-toity for her. Unresolved art gallery <laughs> rage issues, I would say. <laughs> she walked in. She said, this is great, and spent quite a bit of time, she and her husband, looking at the art. Well, and that's part of the spirit of Conroe Art Lake is that um, we are open and accessible, and everyone is so friendly and giving with their time. And um, you have a question from another artist, and they don't go, oh, well, I'm not sharing my secret with you. They always <laughs> go, sure, let me show you how I did it. It's egg yolks. Yeah, exactly. Might be. I know my Michelangelo. <laughs> um, well, you said, you know, you're open, so let's talk about your hours, too. I'm going to segue from that. What are the typical hours of the, of the Mandalay Gallery? We're open uh, Tuesday through Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, Tuesday through Friday, we're open 10.30 to 5.30. Okay. I'm sorry, but then we stay open late on Friday night until 8. Okay. And then Saturday, it's 10.30 until 5.30. 
Well, so for our artsy people here who are going to come see either Annie or Daddy Zine, who's got the will, at either the Crichton or the Owen, respectively, show up an hour early on exactly. Friday night, pop by. So especially if you win our tickets for, is it Friday show? It's for Friday show, yes. Okay, there you go. Well, you win tickets. We're not going to make it a condition, but we're going to wholeheartedly encourage you to hit the Maidley Gallery and check out. So you got the People's Choice Award. You got the Teacher's Appreciation. You got the, the Wall of Fame Feature thing. Wall. Feature Wall. What else is going on this the, weekend? The Maidley Award. Maidley Award. God, these guys are like hardcore. <laughs> and then our regular monthly show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said about 60 pieces on the wall. Wonderful. And the 12 by 12, I know that's annual. When is that going? When does that go down every year? Uh, the auction will be in February. Okay. And the art will be displayed in February. And we will have all the 12 by 12 on an online site beginning uh, about early January because we get the art in in January. We have to photograph it. We put it on a, on a site. Uh, it's not our site, but it's a vendor site that we put it on. And, and people can go online, view the piece, and there can be an online auction. Then the pieces all come into the gallery, and uh, we, at the night of the reception, we have a um, uh, silent bidding, as well as uh, what we call a 12 by 12 auction, and take the 12 best that's been selected by an independent judge, and uh, we auction that off. And again, that raises the money for our student scholarship. It really drives it. Um, and the 12 by 12, again, that's members being given a panel. They can do what they want as long as it's on that 12 by 12. Dick, let's sign up for it. We, we can come up with something. I'm, I'm yeah. sure of it. Yeah, you look you look like a. Do you guys artist. accept macrame as an art form? Absolutely. Okay, I'm We've in. Been I'm in. We've, I started a belt it. in 1972. I've been looking for a reason to finish it. It's fiber glue, art. Glue it to that fiber, 12 by 12. Fiber panel. art. <laughs> In addition to all the shows and different things that we do, we also have a monthly meeting on Saturdays, generally the fourth Saturday. Okay. And um, after our meeting, we have a little break time, and then we have a free artist demonstration. And that could be any, you know, oil drawing, whatever. We've had caricature artists. Uh, we've had, you know, certainly oil painters, watercolorists. So. When's your next caricaturist? Because Dick and I are looking to get... You know, we want our pictures on the I wall. I don't have one scheduled, like but I'd Bob love to, Hope love to have ones. another one. <laughs> yeah, uh, give us a buzz the next time you get a caricaturist because uh, we'll we'll be their, their guinea pig for that Saturday morning tilt. We've had yeah. one in the past few months. Uh, mm-hmm. Brandon Mabry, yes. I guess we would. Uh, Dang it, man, you got to let us know these things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, may, but do artists like to be known as caricature artists? That, so I was going to say, he may call himself if a the fine check, artist. I was so, about yeah. to say, hey, if the check clears, you can call me, you know, <laughs> exactly. Bob, I don't care. If That's he's true. listening, I may get a phone call. Yeah. Uh, yeah just, well, if he calls you, tell him to call us. We may have a gig <laughs> for him for our wall. That's very funny. Good, very good. Well, everyone, again, that website, you can just go online and see everything they're talking about. It's Conroe Art League. Dot org. Uh, they're just down the road from the studio. It's dot org, isn't it? Dot com. You sure? I'm at dot org right now. Uh oh. Maybe this is a different Connor Art League. <laughs> Let's check it out. You're but, probably uh, right. But uh, yeah. So and, and again, it happened. You guys are open all the time. There's so many reasons to come by and check out downtown Conroe. And then adding Connor Art League to the visit is just another reason to come and hang out downtown during the day. So uh, yeah. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? I'm good. Any masked balls coming up or anything like that? Oh, I know. We do have another thing um, that we offer to the city. It's called Art in the City. Art in the City, okay. And that is um, 
places like the uh, city hall and some of the banks that will allow us to hang some of our art in their facility. And it's free for the artist to hang and you know they can have a little card with all their information on it and sell their artwork if someone would like to buy it. And uh, there again, the 20% uh, commission comes back to the gallery. That's what keeps the lights and stuff on. <laughs> right. And if you haven't seen the gallery outside, they got this beautiful courtyard. It just looks like some French backstreet or something. It looks yeah, really kind of nice. New Orleans-y. Yeah, you got the New Orleans feel to it. That courtyard's my baby. That is, that, that, that that is yeah. Deborah's baby. It, she takes care of it thing. and has decorated it. It's and a beautiful piece. We invite piece. people to come in um, when the weather's not too hot. If you're downtown, go out there, have your lunch there, bring it in with you, bring in a cup of coffee, just sit and enjoy yourselves. It's a nice, nice spot if you haven't been in to see it. There you go. I think I may do that, but I'm going to put up a sign and say I'm a performance art piece and charge <laughs> five bucks of you. <laughs> Pay for my lunch. The, the gallery actually can be rented. It can be. Oh, it can. So yes. if someone has an, uh, an event of some reception, kind? birthday We've party. We've had nudist Me. colony making painting and stuff, right? No nudes allowed in our gallery. Uh, <laughs> unless they're on the family friendly. So no Rubens on the wall. Okay. No, All righty. Well, just making sure. You know, you never know who's listening. <laughs> But thank you guys so much for coming in and talking about it. Thank you. And, thank you for uh, having us. It is com, but I think that the, there's a lot of links on your website because y'all are getting a new website. So really all the information, again, is at com, or just look up Conor Art League on social media or uh, Google or wherever you like to search things. But, uh, but yeah, thank you all so much for coming in and sharing yeah, all this Yeah, Ken, Deborah, and Bibby, thank you so much for being in here. We appreciate it. Thank we're, you. We're going to take a quick us. break here on Dick and Skippy in the Mornings. We'll be back, so stick around. are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out ourlonestar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions. Get seen on TV, YouTube, and heard on our podcast, FM, and Internet Radio. Support your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. 
Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app for your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That is Conroe's FM 104.5-106.1. Does your company have needs that can be met by an employee who is dependable, hardworking, enthusiastic, motivated, cooperative, respectful, and punctual? Conroe Independent School District Special Education Department can meet your needs by connecting you with potential employees that have been preparing for a lifetime of employment. We have numerous individuals seeking paid and unpaid work experiences. If your company is interested in seeing how we can meet your business needs, call Conroe ISD Special Education Department to find the best employees for you at 936-709-7671. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Hey, 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 we be back hey, 1030 on hey, the dot hey. at Lone Star Community Radio Studios, broadcasting live on IRLoneStar.com, 104.5 or 106.1 on your Conroe dial or Facebook. And if you tune in, you can see me waving at you. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Welcome back. Uh, yeah, so to close out the show... Uh, we want to remind everybody that we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to Who's Your Daddy? <laughs> Is it called Who's Your Daddy? Uh, no, it's uh, Daddy's Dying, Who's Uh-oh. Got the Will? Oh, so yeah, all the... Well, who's uh, Your Daddy at the Owen Theater? <laughs> yeah, just tell them that. They'll see a different They'll show. get it. You got to see the set in that show. Yeah. Uh, Mike Glass was It's the, a comedian, right? I mean, it's a comedy. It's a comedy. It's a comedian, right? I mean, it's a comedian doing comedy, but the set is just... Staggeringly good. Cool. It, That's it's, exciting. It's beautifully done. I was really impressed with it. Uh, funny show. I can't wait to see it. So, myself. yeah, we're giving away two tickets on Wednesday and then the other two tickets on uh, Friday, which the show is for Friday. So, these tickets are only for this Friday, folks. Mm-hmm. This Friday. So, okay. tune in. So, we got that. And on then uh, your birthday is on Wednesday. So That's right. If anyone wants to be a guest uh, with with us, let us know. Just reach out to us, dickandskippy at gmail.com. Birthday spankings or, uh, allowed. call in or text 936-228-9368. We'd love to get a message from you guys and maybe you can come in on Wednesday for his birthday. Uh, and then we don't have a guest on Friday yet either, so if you want to be a guest, there's that too. There we go. So is there any final remarks you want to say? Uh, congratulations to the women's U.S. soccer team for okay. our uh, awesome job uh, yeah. playing the game. Uh, I'm going to drink Starbucks coffee because there are idiots at all levels. This is why, you know, there are wage gaps. Supposed, they're supposed to be, at least. Um, you, you heard what happened with, with Starbucks. Um, um, uh, there were six cops having coffee. And the barista came and said, listen, we have someone here who's uncomfortable, doesn't feel safe with you in here, so the cops left. And it became this brouhaha where people wanted to boycott, boycott Starbucks. I thought people were still boycotting. This didn't come Ever from... Ever since they had the Christmas, the non-Christmas cup, right? Yeah, the non-Christmas cup. And 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 here's <laughs> the thing. It's... Baristas are paid 
smaller wages for a reason because they don't dictate corporate policy. Yeah. You know, now if this had been the CEO, what's his name? Of uh, who's uh, isn't he trying to run for president too? CEO Starbucks. Yeah. Uh, if he'd done it, if he'd said okay, corporate policy, but it, so you know, drink drink Starbucks. It's okay. Uh, celebrate the women's soccer that's gotta team. Be, that's got to be an odd confrontation though, because when I first read that, I go, man, must something must have really happened where the officers were being loud or something, and then no, no here's the thing that like, people are trained, lower level workers are trained, customers always right, and we can't defend anybody. Remember, Starbucks already set the tone for shutting down the entire company one day for their sensitivity training. Yeah. So this is here are the fruits of your sensitivity training. You boot out six. Law enforcement officers. Which I always thought it was the, the kind of the thing you always want to have an officer at the location just in case. I, I believe the barista. Be their best behavior. I believe the barista made a mistake. And, you know, I'll still drink Starbucks. It's cool. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Bean Punk Coffee, located in Montgomery and yes. in Conroe. I was about to go there saying I'll drink they, it when I have they to. They actually uh, give discounts, I believe, to law enforcement they do indeed of veterans so veterans and teachers yes so i saw you that the proof of those things mm-hmm. i don't know if i don't have proof of those things definitely partake of bean punk coffee they got some great stuff i there. was thinking of getting my concealed handgun license to see how much stuff i could get away with like places you could walk into yeah i'm like yeah i'm a you know i i, I get discounts because of this i'm like here's my alternative id oh you know what you can do uh, I hear that at banks they give you big discounts if you just wave proof of you being a law enforcement to so just walk in with your gun, with your gun and a shoulder holster, and walk up to the teller and you know sh- show them the gun under the jacket and the badge, and they'll know that you're a cop well, and they'll give you all the money. Well, wouldn't the thing wouldn't the thing be kind of similar to like if you walk into any construction or stadium with a ladder, like you kind of get in clipboard because, or clipboard? Well, I yeah. think a ladder would be more clipboard like, and a hard hat. You're good to go. You're good to go. So if you had, like, just a fake badge anywhere, I mean, I guess that's... That's why it's a felony felony. to impersonate a police officer. But not a a clipboard hard hat. Nope. Oh, then, yeah, just do that. There you go. Yeah, I'm telling you, just wave a clipboard around and... Well, I know... Wear a short sleeve um, shirt with a necktie. I think the World Cup was fun, and I'm looking forward to the next World Cup in Qatar because that's... Cutter. Cutter. Sorry, Cutter. Uh... I think Qatar though is more. It should be Qatar because like, Qatar just sounds like, "Hey, I'm going to Qatar." But uh, in Qatar, and I think there's going to be some some funny things going on with that in the coming years. Funny, haha, or funny. Well, I, I can't I, believe it's happening. I wouldn't doubt there being Vegas odds that they don't host the cup. Really? Yeah. Well, because you know they changed the the date of the cup. To, it's not going to be in the summer. It's going to be in the winter. To, for weather purposes or because the stadium won't be done in time? Well, weather purposes because okay. how hot it is in Qatar. So, well, people, it's a desert. <laughs> well, and that's what, and there's a don't lot hold of, summer there's a games lot of, of any kind going on, apparently. The and then there's also uh, slave workers, apparently, mm-hmm. but slave labor is being, they're being accused of. And okay. uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt they're being aunts at Vegas saying, no, they're going to move the uh, World Cup somewhere. So, all righty. But, uh, yeah, I can't imagine them playing the World Cup in the wintertime just because all the other leagues are being played. So what do you what do? you do? That's one thing that stinks about the MLS is the MLS is played during the summer. So anytime there's an international tournament, all the really good players go 
do that. So the MLS, oh, like the B team. So like the MLS is trying to figure out like half their teams. Like, oh man, we gotta, we just gotta. Are there all these farm league versions of Major League Soccer? You know how yeah, like there's the, a pyramid. It's called like the United States Soccer something Federation. So you can have the Toledo Mudhens soccer team. Well, well yeah. like for example, uh, I wanted to go on a trip with Holly uh, because the affiliate with the Dynamo are in Harling. I can't pronounce it. Hardingen, Hardingen. It's west of uh, South Padre, like an hour. Okay. And it's on the border right there, but they have a really cool stadium. I think it's like a 10,000 person stadium and it's right there. And it's, I mean, it, I was like, I really want to go. We can go South Padre if you want, but I want to go see a game. That'd be cool to go. It's like $2 beer nights and stuff like kind of like one of those kind of places. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there is a, there is a affiliate teams uh, for soccer. Cause like I said, that's the dynamos are called like the Toros or something like that. Okay. Kind of same colors and everything, but. It's yeah. perfect for spectators like me who I couldn't name you a single soccer player. Yeah. But like all the majority of their players go. They're like, oh, so you can have, well, you can bring in the B team and I wouldn't know any better. Yeah. I'd still be, I'd still enjoy the game. Yeah. There you go. All righty. So that's one thing that I'm kind of disappointed with Houston with the Dynamo is how bad the attendance is. And I'm like, you think a city like Houston would have a huge soccer crowd, but it's only when like Mexico plays here or when, uh, People like Europe more, the league stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the Dynamo are going to do about attracting more people to come watch their games. They just make it cheap. I think they should introduce, uh, you know, um, field weapons. Field weapons? Chains, lead no, pipes. No, I think what they should do is have a timer in the ball. So it's like hot potato. Hot potato. <laughs> and then so the whole game, you're wondering, like, who's going to get hit? And then basically it explodes of paint. And the player, the player who gets the most paint on them has to... Uh, I would, I would I, buy season tickets to that. I, I don't care how I'd find the money. I would buy season tickets to that. And you can't play for the rest of the year. So like, you're really gonna find new players real fast. <laughs> oh man, can you imagine that freak accident of like kicking the ball into the stand and it just explodes <laughs> on? Because we were talking about, weren't we talking about that? Uh, unfortunate. Oh, the girl that got hit. The girl had the baseball. Yeah, and like. They're, su- they're suing them now and all this kind of stuff, yeah. which is, you know, I don't know if that was influenced by an outside lawyer going, oh, hey, I saw you on TV. I can get you millions of dollars. Uh, but Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's the, only, yeah, that's the only thing I can think of when it comes to that kind of scenario. That's why what's written on the ticket and saying we're not responsible for it, it's not worth the cardboard it's printed on. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting that people, especially they're designing stadiums and, like, that's how they have to figure out stuff. Because hockey used to be... Uh, the the glass used to only be tall on certain sides, and then mm-hmm. they changed it. Now they added nets to pretty much like I think it's like sixty percent of the arena is covered with nets. Well, you keep it up. And someone's they, gonna sue a sport into oblivion to yeah. where you know because the whole point about sports is you want to feel you're part of the action, so you don't want screens in between you of any in, whether it's netting or glass or yeah. whatever. That's so. why is that why the octagon is so high? They just need to cut that out. Yeah. Have you seen that Russian five versus five stuff? No. Have you seen, yeah, so what they did is they had, had like a traditional karate mat, like uh, kind of like with the gymnasts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And what they did is they added padded blocks that were somewhat secure to the ground, and basically it's five versus five, and you could climb things and jump, like wrestle, but like it's it's MMA, so they're fighting each other, and uh, but it's open, so you you're sitting at the corner. 
and you could watch these people and they could fall into you and stuff. And I was like, well, well it's kind of entertaining. Oh, I remember watching Sumo where the the ringside spectators literally put their life in their hands because Sumo, was, yeah, you got literally two tons of fun heading your way. And if it falls on you, you're not walking away from that one easily. Yeah, that's pretty funny, man. That's gotta <laughs> That's got to be intimidating, though, just because you're so into the action, especially like getting hit with the baseball. Like you don't really know it's coming out. You're like, Oh, there, he got a foul ball. That's pretty. Uh, oh, oh, and then, boom. well, I'd love to, especially if we get a lawyer type person in here again to talk about the legal legal issues of, you know, whether it's a foul ball at a baseball game or a car crash with flying, you know, Tires. flying tire, he comes and knocks someone in the head. At what point does, the response where does responsibility shift from the putter on of uh, or the 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 entity that's putting on the show or the the event and the spectator that no one held a gun to their head when they came to watch i remember when i was in peewee baseball we had a guy on our team was a really good baseball player he could hit it out of the park and i remember the conversation that was really awkward with folks because they they're trying to tell him not to hit it out of the park because of uh, the park was one of those parks where there's other things going on, not just the baseball fields. Mm-hmm. And it was really weird. Cause it was like, it, we're all sitting there, you know, team meeting, you know, and it's like, they're talking about how we shouldn't throw the balls over the fence and all those things where they're kind of leading like, Hey, it's really weird. Like they didn't tell him not to hit the ball out of the park, but it was like, we got to, it was weird. It was funny that at the same time, but the, it turned out to because of that because mm. people were getting their cars hit and stuff. And right. They weren't parking there for the baseball games. They were parking there for you know the other parks. Yeah. Stuff. So I mean, there are always gray areas, but in a in a professional environment like a major league baseball game or a NASCAR event, you know, where spectator, but by the nature of the event, there's always the possibility of yeah. of something going down. We should uh, add that to the, the list of. Uh, Legal stuff to talk about when we get a legal expert in here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, okay. cool. Well, we'll be back Wednesday for Sean's birthday. Again, uh, we're giving away two tickets to Who's Your Daddy uh, over at the Owen Theater. What's it, what's it really called? Uh, what the hey, Who's Your Daddy? No, Daddy's Dying. Who's Got the Will? That sounds a lot of like awful. And it's but, dying yeah. with an N apostrophe. But yeah, you can check that out. I think OwenTheater.com has more information about the upcoming play, but we are giving away two tickets to the upcoming performance on Friday. That's Friday, July 12th, folks. That's July 12th only. We had so many issues. I'm just kidding. No, uh, we have two tickets to give away Wednesday and two, t- two tickets to give away on Friday. So make sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, thanks for checking us out today. Don't forget, visit ConroArtLeague.com for all 